Welcome to Swanglinese, the only podcast talking the language of business here in the Middle East. Your hosts, Barry Lee Cummings and Oscar Andermo, give you their own insights as well as interviewing business leaders in the region to help you on your entrepreneurial journey. Barry, Oscar, let's talk Swanglinese. Hello and a very warm welcome to this episode of Swanglinese. In the virtual studio this week, I have the pleasure of the company of Paula. Paula, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, Barry. Nice to see you. How you are you? Too. I'm very well, thanks. Very well. I'm looking forward good, to having good. this chat after we've, uh, you know, recently connected through the, mm. the the Rack Business Group and had some pretty interesting talks, and there's going to be some more as well. So um, I'm really interested to have a, a chat with you and just have this conversation, so you can tell us a bit about who Paula Jane Cox is and uh, what we do with all of our our guests to start with is I ask them to rewind uh, the timeline a little bit and just. Go back as far as you'd like in terms of your professional <laughs> career, um, and, uh, where you started out, why you started out, and then we'll run the timeline up to how we ended up sitting here today. Okay. How, how long is this podcast? <laughs> as long as you need. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. How far do I go back? Yeah. Um, but yeah, of course, everybody's got their kind of simple run through. Um, but, you know, first of all, I have to say I, I, I've had the most blessed life I genuinely have in in terms of my career, where I've lived and what I've done. And thinking about this conversation and others that we've had, it is great for self-reflection because I think the more experienced you are, the harder it gets to stop and think back what actually did happen. Um, not the marketing website explanation, the real one. Yeah. Um, but quite simply, I, I think it was... I was quite uh, rebellious. My father was very hardworking and very money orientated. Um, and he'd worked for, he had nothing and he's a good story of working for everything. I kind of rebelled against the whole, I said, I'm not working for money. I'm going to work for care or for love or I'm going to do something charitable. And I had this whole young, young idealistic way of, and some may call it communist now, I'm, I'm more intelligent, but I wanted to gather all of the money in the world and share it back out equally. And I can remember my father used to be like, I think that's a funny old trait you've got there. But he was from the heart, genuinely. And, and I wanted to take homeless people, put them in a house and um, three strikes and they were out, mind. I knew that much. So I kind of started very holistically, I call it, mm -hmm. rather than the drive for money, which a lot of people have, or the drive for success. Yeah. So uh, my first kind of jobs were quite rebellious. They were the the, the lowest paying I could find, um, just to prove a point. Um, but my, my somebody said to me, you know, you should be in sales. And I thought, well, that sounds like fun. This is very me. That sounds like fun. Um, so I got my first proper kind of, well, I say proper, my first pretend sales job. It was a tele-sales job mm -hmm. in a printing suppliers in Bristol, which is where I was from. This is Troubles, by the way. She, she pops up sometimes. Yeah. Um, she, I literally uh, had a very small amount of training arrived. And the first day there was a, and it, this was a long time ago, we're talking 28 plus years. And there was a, a cappuccino maker as a prize, which was quite revolutionary then for the home. And it was the one that sold the most, got this cappuccino maker. And I just was absolutely gobsmacked. I wanted the cappuccino maker. Anyway, consequently, I got the cappuccino maker. And I remember thinking, well, that was easy. All you have to do is talk to people. And then they take some printing supplies and then you get a cappuccino maker. It was that 
simple for me. Wow. And then it, as I went on a short while, I was doing very well. And I thought, I need, let's see if I can do this more professionally, this sales thing. And um, at the time, Yellow Pages, which was owned by British Telecom, that was the place to work in sales. Really high earnings, very high pressure. And I remember everybody in this place I worked said, oh, I wouldn't bother PJ if I were you because you won't get in, nobody gets in. And and, and this drive in me was like, well, I think I'll show you. you. I'll show you. That's all you have to say to me. I'll show you. Long story short, like three interviews, one assessment day later, I'm working at Yellow Pages. Um, and, you know, still to this day, my point is that that was my commercial starting point because they took you away for three weeks, stuck you in a Marriott in Slough, um, to, to replaced your, your blood with yellow blood and sent you back off to sell. Um, and I, the whole thing was a bit of a shock for me, uh, the control of it all. But again, if you talk to people in the right way at the right time, they say, yes, it's a good product. It's a re- reputable company. Um, and I still earned more in that in that period at Yellow Pages than I've ever earned. It was I bought a house, I bought myself a sports car. So I guess that's why I got my bit more drive for money. Um, and that escalated. I stayed in advertising, media publishing, and I went to work for a contract publisher, magazine publishing company, offices in London, Scotland, Bristol. Loved it. Worked my way up, became publishing director, account director. Again, all about money. Uh, as opposed to the output of the product. Um, and then this is, and again, this is, as I said to you in your reflective way, um, I looked in one of the media press job newspapers one break time and it said, Associate Publisher Singapore. And literally, this is me, I went, oh, I wonder what that's like. I had no idea what Singapore was like. Um, so that, that that rolled, I got the job, I went to Singapore. Um, and, you know, my, my parents are still kind of reeling over the way I'm kind of bumbling through life, albeit seemingly successful. Um, and it, it's how I kind of started everything. It's like, well, I'll just have a go at that. When I was, sorry, going back, when I was 21, for 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 our me and my best friend's birthdays, we got 121 pounds, which was quite a lot back then. We said, "What should we do?" We said, "Let's go to Corfu on holiday." Off we went. I didn't come back for 18 months. That's where it started. Yeah, my, my, and I had my own flat and everything. I was like, "Dad, could you go in and sell the stuff in my flat?" He was like, "My parents are just like, oh my goodness, me." Um, so anyway, Singapore was great. I learned more in Singapore and this were my cultural, uh, my, my love of cultures and different people because managing, uh, kind of 200 Chinese Asian cultured people was an absolute shock for me. Mm. Um, I learned more in that first kind of month than I'd ever learned. I thought I knew, but I clearly didn't. And I would say things like, uh, I remember they're very literal in what you say and very respectful. You don't necessarily have to work your way up to be respected as a leader. If you're called a manager, you are a manager. And I, I struggled with this. Um, I also used to use lots of analogies, and I still do. And I remember saying there was a group of them sat there, and I said, look, guys, there's more than one way to skin a cat. And they all went, oh, and that the learning of that was, and I remember my boss afterwards, an Australian guy said, you don't want to be using those analogies. Um, and I was like, why? Um, but yeah, so, so 
that that's where I learned I had a big culture shock. I struggled in Singapore on my own. Um, believe it or not, I still say now of all the countries I've ever worked in, uh, I still find my Singapore Chinese culture one of the hardest. Right. Interestingly, um, not half as hard as the UAE even. So that I stayed in that kind of commercial field, came back in 2000 and thought I knew everything about everything, as you right. do at some stage in your life. Done it, been there. Um, and I started just doing consultancy work, just publishing sales uh, driven stuff. And a friend rang me up who had his own training company and said, oh, I'm in such a pickle. Please, can you come and do this sales training? Are there any junior people? And I said, Paul, I don't think I can, um, I can do that. He said, I think you can. <laughs> you do it every day. Um, long story short, my first experience at training, I absolutely loved it for the first time. I came away thinking that is it. If you can, again, if you can talk and tell stories and explain your experience that enhances somebody else's life, that has got to be the biggest kind of spark any person could ever have. I guess teachers get it or anything to do with education, but you can see in their eyes, they're like, whoa, if I just do this. So um, from that moment on, I was a trainer uh, and I obviously learned uh, a lot of things along the way lent into, into management, getting more senior business planning. And I've worked all over the world for 20 odd years, literally. I mean, there isn't anywhere I don't think I've been, which again uh, was feeding my passion for people and culture, my true understanding, um, which led me to uh, to study theology, the study of religion, right. but not from a religious perspective, particularly, but from a what is going on in the world right. why why are people in conflict what what is right what is wrong um kind of five years later i came out no clearer um yeah. more questions uh, than answers probably no still don't know um so so that got me on a real kind of cultural people uh passion which is what in fact brought me to the uae eventually right. um and i've always kind of had my own businesses run my own businesses me and my husband bought and ran a hotel for nine years. I don't know why we did that. We thought it would be good. It was very hard work. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and we, we kind of had some online businesses, Hotelier Exchange. I was non-exec director for a few bits. So I've always stayed live in the situation. And I'm and I kind of quite proud to say I, I can uh, kind of walk my talk because mm -hmm. I'm always involved. Um, so when all that ended, it, it was actually my husband that, that saw something and said, look, uh, look at this Ferrari world place in Abu Dhabi. And I, you know, and you just think, oh, here we go. Journey number 1202. Mm -hmm. Um, so I came out to, um, help Ferrari world, uh, theme park in Abu Dhabi set up their learning and development department because they had 456 nationalities. I was like, wow. Um, so 18 months uh, later, I thought, no, I'm, I need to stay working for myself because I'd done for so long. Um, we were going to go back home. I thought, oh, this looks interesting. The UAE looks interesting. Um, so that was, what, 15 years ago? Right. So I've stayed doing my kind of learning, development, coaching um, based here in the Middle East. I've moved from Abu Dhabi 
to Dubai. I'm now in Ras Al Khaimah. And I say next stop on the yeah. map is Oman. You don't yet. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, coast. I'm nearly there. Yeah, <laughs> 40 minutes later, it's Oman. So again, it doesn't really matter where I'm based. And I know you and I have spoken a lot about technology and being online. It's amazing. As long as I can get to the airport pre-COVID, mm-hmm. um, I can get anywhere. So I still worked globally, but but based here. Um, I'm very happy here. I love it here. And was it, you know, it's an incredible journey that you've had so far. And what when... I was going to ask the question, but I kind of know the answer because a lot of people who come out of, of the UK or Australia or wherever's home is for the first time, especially from a business perspective, is I, I always want to find out what what was the driver for that. But mm. you've kind of answered that in terms yeah. of very yeah. just like I'm going somewhere else, and, and, and <laughs> yes. geography didn't matter from that side. Mm. But you, you know, there's a huge opportunity with Ferrari World, and then what was it about the UAE once you were thinking about that that actually you said, you know what? I think I really do want to stay here. And, mm. and then like, move down the coast from Abu Dhabi through Dubai into Russell mm-hmm. Cayman and we'll see, mm-hmm. might be heading off to Iran next. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> it's only over there. I literally, out of my window, can see the sea. 73.2 miles in across the sea is Iran. Yeah, exactly. Um, maybe I could swim, I don't know. But yeah, no, it, it's a really good question, actually, because, and I know people ask it in lots of different ways, but seriously i needed to keep earning what i like one of the things that 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 made me stay here was the unique opportunities here because what any but whatever anyone says the streets are not paved in gold um yes opportunity is plenty but guess what it's not as easy as some people might think it is yeah because it's doing business in a different way which um there are many points but this is also a really free uh, hub for me to travel globally. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, wherever I've gone long distance in the world, nine times out of 10, I'm jumping down in Dubai anyway, but now I'm halfway here. <laughs> it's also close enough for me to get home fairly quickly, you know, kind of 13 flights a day to the UK. So that made sense where I didn't have to focus just on the UAE, but I believe that the the UAE in general, particularly with my interest in culture and people development, that's going to give me more than I'm actually going to give it, if that makes sense. I'm fascinated in amortization and localization um, and how that's working, the heritage, the culture, how uh, locals do struggle in the workplace often, but certainly not through their own fault, mostly. Um, so it was the cultural mix here that that really uh, excited me, and um, the, the opportunity. I never, interestingly, and a lot of business owners might scratch their head at this. Whilst, and I don't know if it goes back to my childhood when I was going to share the, the money's the, the money's wealth, the world's wealth out. I, I never think of money first. Now. I know everybody's got different motivators and drivers. Of course, I know I need to pay my bills. I want to travel. I like quite like nice cars, etc. But I've never, ever been driven by that kind of prestige, mm-hmm. that brand awareness. So, so therefore, I believe my decisions have been somewhat more successful because of that. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I also don't have a family to support and I'm a bit freer. But I think if you change... You read about it a lot and it's quite scary when you've got families and responsibilities. If you 
make sure you look at your business opportunities in other ways rather than just financial, you actually see things differently. And I genuinely can, can prove things happen differently. So I'm, I'm kind of always in the right place at the right time. It's not always about money and the money does come. Yeah. Well, I think that this, I think people listening in will be able to tap into this based on the energy and, and when you hear you talk, but it, it's about mm. your, your approach to this is, is um, value and, uh, mm. you know, benefit first. How can I help yeah. somebody? And this is, I mean, this is, it's interesting because there's a lot of people talking about this online now, but mm. it's so interesting in my life, how the direction my, my career, everything is taking right now. I'm coming into contact with more and more people talking about the same thing which is it comes back to something we talked about the other day when we were, when we met for coffee and it's and I want to get into it because it's about kindness you, you started this episode with gratitude by you know and again it, it, it's something that I consciously pick up on now that you're saying oh thank you I've, I've had such a great life and, and this this gratitude is out there you're putting it out there and then mm. you're you're getting back in return that in spades but it's mm. it's obviously well not obviously maybe it but it's it's a conscious thing that you're doing that i think a lot of people are not conscious of themselves yes and i want to get into the weeds a little bit on that in terms of mm. is it just something that's inherently in mm. you from when you were younger because you wanted to do this or have you along the way kind of picked up that actually when i do this this cause is this effect okay. this cause yeah. this effect how, how's it been I, I'm sure if we got the psychologists out in a, in their droves, they would connect it to something in my childhood. Um, and that wasn't dismissive of, of, of the need to do that. But yeah, for sure, it's, it, we, we, it has to be. I, I do believe that, that, you know, our kind of building foundation blocks are inherently in, in us. So, but I also um, am quite pragmatic in the way that, uh, taking advantage of understanding what your building blocks are, choosing the right direction and enhancing them, if that makes sense, rather than just rolling with it. So I don't think I realized early, early on in my life that I was, I was like a little fizz bomb and like you could, I was all over the place. Rah, rah. Everybody'd be like, whoa, it's BJ. Um, so, so that's the personality trait, yeah, for our, us Jungian uh, fans. That, that you can't take away. So I, I was blessed with that. As I've got older, I've realized that if you go with the flow, I'm very much into flow, if you go with the flow of what your strengths are, be it business, be it personal life, you will get more back. That has got to be the way to go. You know, the swimming against the tide, et cetera. Um, you know, the rebellion that was in, in me young, younger days I realized quite soon that that's not the best way to use my energy or my, 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 my spirit energy, I call it. And so I did pick it up quite early. I would, I don't say I'm perfect. I'd like to be much better, but I'm renowned. Whatever speaking event I'm doing, whatever training I'm doing, my last slide, if I'm using slides, always says, if all else fails, just be nice. Mm. Because is something I'm so passionate about. And we spoke about this. I know we connected about this over our coffee, but if everybody in the world was just nice and thoughtful, even if it's lifting a bag, opening a door, seeing a woman struggle to get in the toilet with a child and just be nice, it, 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 it completely changes your life. 
And let's face it, there are lots of not nice people out there too. And it can be hurtful, but I think as well, I've learned to go your loss out of my way. Mm. Um, you know, when you've tried to be nice too many times. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, sorry, so to conclude, yes, I, I obviously have personality traits that have given me that blessing, but I have also been fairly conscious of it. Um, just be nice. I always, one of my other favorite expressions is, and you've heard me say it probably 10 times in a, in our short connection already. When we speak, we have to say what the other person wants to hear. And the reason I like that statement is because it forces you to get in the shoes of others and always consider what are they going through? What's their, even this morning, um, you know, we had a bit of a t- my, my technical hiccup and I'm thinking Barry, Paul Barry's so busy and he's got his family and I wonder what time they go to school. I'm not thinking, oh, my headphones don't work. I'm thinking, how stressed is this going to make Barry? And I think that's an inherent thing that makes me consider others. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's kind of a crossover of both. But you, I think you are born with it, right. a bit a part of it. Yeah, I think I'm going to agree with you on that because otherwise the question comes up is that why isn't everybody doing, Mm. you know, because some people say, oh, yeah, it's all very well to say that. And it's a bit woo-woo out there. Just be nice. (laughs) The world will be a better place. I mean, it would be. This is the ridiculous. It's true. It's true. Yeah, Um, absolutely. And and yet we we all struggle. But I think it's a really good point that you make. There's two points, actually, from our listeners' perspective in terms of this ability to find something (laughs) that you're, you're good at because working with your strengths allows you to perhaps move forward faster and whilst doing that you're then aware of what is happening around you and that if you can't Mm. do anything other than be nice be nice and and do that small thing absolutely yeah I think it's the the other bit of that is this idea that we don't know what that other person is going through right now it could be the worst day of their lives and you holding out open that door just saying good morning and smiling changes everything absolutely and I think it and it is the small things like you said it can be a bit woo woo out there but it's doing it practically and I I know I mentioned briefly this story to you before but literally I was coming back the weekend on a flight just a fly Dubai flight and um the the cabin crew I think they might have been one short to be honest but it always kind of feels like that on fly Dubai (laughs) sorry fly Dubai um so didn't mean it. Um, yeah, so, so uh, and I'd ordered something on the e-shop and the lady, the cabin crew girl had brought it, the bag to me. And, and and then she came back all in a fluster about 10 minutes later. So have you still got the little tag that was on the bag? And I went, yeah, I'm sure I do. And literally, you know, when you have to bend down in that kind of cheap economy seat, I found the little tag for her. She said, oh, I need to sign it. Otherwise, blah, blah. So um, she, and then, 15 minutes later, down she comes again with wanting some change at a $50, two tens. And, and I was like, yeah, I've got it. Down I go again. Um, uh, yeah, a little bit of a redhead because it's quite hard to do. <laughs> yeah, it's not much um, room in there. <laughs> no, it's like, yeah, I can't believe I'm just like, yoga's got not a chance on me going down in my bag. But my she was so grateful, Barry. She literally came back and she was, thank you for being so kind. And I was like, oh, so kind. I just helped you because I could why why would I not is my point and she came back with a uh, a choice of two chocolate bars should I want to buy you one of these because you were so kind I was like my god I'm just 
what my point is, bless her, but why is that so kind yeah. that she she must get such a hard time on a daily basis that she perceives this to be such a kind thing to do? And that's the point of what we're talking about. It's like, really, is it that hard to, to bend down and, and give somebody working some change? Mm. You know, it, it's the same throughout the UAE. Is it that hard to help someone? Yeah. Um, it's, it's not, but, but yeah. I, this is the thing. This is your point. So it's not that hard, but I think that we're not now, especially with devices. Yeah. Not, we're not, we're not sometimes not even aware of that situation mm. going on. Mm. How many people, if you asked, did you see the 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 the, um, the cabin crew coming down the aisle asking for change? So they're like, what? Yeah, <laughs> no. never even noticed. Didn't even notice. They're staring yeah. at that screen or they're staring at the screen on there. They're mm. just in their own world, headphones on and 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 like this. And I think that- But that's maybe happening. that's where it starts though, Barry, because like, as we just alluded to, you know, it's about if you are consciously, what I do consciously is make myself aware of others. Mm. You know, even sometimes I'm driving when there's busy traffic and I'm like, I wonder where everyone's going. I wonder where they're going. I wonder what they're doing. It, you have to kind of practice that that connection with people. I think that if you can do that, you you can be kinder. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I think it's so needed right now because it's, I mean, I'm guilty of it. If I'm wondering where everyone mm. is going in the car, but I'm thinking, why is everybody mm. going now when I'm on the road? Yeah, yeah. We wouldn't be on the road right now. So I've yeah. still got some work to do <laughs> around. Uh, excuse me. We've got my uh, a fur, a furry visitor. Sorry. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think so. I, I'm very conscious of that. I'm also very conscious that I'm human and sometimes I'm stressed and tired and grumpy. Um, so you know, I think it's just if you can genuinely be aware of the way other people are thinking. And and again, since COVID, really, I, I've always done a bit of coaching by default, but I was I was forced into it. And and again, what a blessing, not a preconceived plan, because it's just been fantastic. And now I'm very happy about it. But it, even the amount of people I need to speak to every week that may have got not so much personal issues, but challenges or stresses or business uh challenges if i wasn't connected to them how on earth would that call ever be successful it doesn't matter whether we're using systems pragmatic answers or strategies you've got to understand because everybody's different um, and i just posted on linkedin this morning the the best or the one of the most enjoyable coaching clients i had over the last year started our conversation by saying i don't need you to tell me how to do my leadership and I don't need to tell you, uh, for you to tell me anything about my life. And I was like, Ooh, okay. okay. He said, I just need somebody to talk to that knows what I'm saying. And do you know what? A lot of coaches are so pragmatic and say, I've got one hour. Is this much money? I've got five. That was one of the best coaching experiences that I had with this person because it was really natural, really genuine, really clear about what we were doing. Um, and you know, we're still in touch. You know, the coaching sessions are finished, but we still what's happened. My point is you have to be connected to other people because otherwise it, the downside to that, however, in business and in me and all of my best mentors and friends constantly poke me about it is how much free time I end up giving, mm. how much giving I give, yeah. um, don't pay the bills. Um, and, you know, sometimes it doesn't even come back. Um, so it's something I've recently become conscious of that balance of how 
how I can be giving. Because I say to my my friends and, and mentors, I say, I want to be that way. I don't want to be another way. Um, so yeah, that is there's a downside to everything, right? There is, unfortunately, I mm. think that, that there is that that people take advantage of those. And this comes, this is the conversation that mm-hmm. will come back at us. And, and I've had this a number of times that, and I, I see other famous people in the coaching area talking about this. This idea of well being being nice and kind, people walk all over you. Mm. And, and what what this is particularly Gary Vee says, well, they, they only they're walking over you if you're doing this and being kind. If you are expecting something to come yes if you're genuinely being kind and actually Mm. saying you know what i give this time i know it's not good from a business sense in Mm. in this in this transactional nature because i should be maybe charging for that time but inherently inside you you feel good about helping that person Mm. that person is not at a point in their journey yet where they realize what they are getting from you Mm. and he said sometimes it doesn't come back and i would i would put into that sentence yet because yeah, learning, sure. learning, learning that sometimes the the turnaround for this is is years, decades, yeah, some, for sure. That you say. Yeah, and and if you if you can switch into that and say, well, I'm just this is me, I'm going to be yeah. kind. I'm going yeah, to be exactly. Nice. Yeah, I, this is and this this I think as well, particularly since COVID, and I've highlighted it for a lot of people. Whether you're in business, and you know, another person I coach is the most incredibly busy person with loads of businesses. And I'm constantly saying, stop and smell the coffee. And I know it's an expression that is irritating. It's so true because if you don't get happy moments or if you're not stopping and realizing the good of what you're doing in business or otherwise, why I, I, I'm lost. I get lost generally about what, what is all that about? Um, you know, and again, I don't, I chose not to have children, but I'm, I'm very in tune with lots of people with children. Why would you have children and then never ever spend any time with them ever? Yeah, what? yeah. I mean, I, I just, yeah, that's something that resonates with me with the work that I do with with Beat the Cyberbully, mm. and we'll get into mm. some of this because again, was something I really wanted to talk to you about. Mm. But it, it is this idea that was it a, a just prescribed in your mind that you had to have children, and yeah, and this is something that I see in the UAE in particular. Most people are here because it offers a better, if, uh, quote, standard of life mm. than wherever home is, and and that better means being able to have some help, maybe at home, and there's a mm-hmm. nanny or maid, driver, whatever. Yeah, and again, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Everybody's benefiting nope. out of that. This this, but mm-hmm. the bit that I, I I get stuck at is when people start to outsource parenting to the people around them that are you mm-hmm. know the maid is there to help and maybe the nanny as well but as you said then what what part and this is where we find a lot of the problems with cyber safety and cyber bullying is, is usually because mum and dad are not involved in yeah the they're, they're just online yeah and so yeah, they yeah. don't know what's going on and now i completely understand that that in order to live in the uae for a lot of people both parents have to work ridiculous hours mm. to just fund mm-hmm. that and again the question then comes in say okay if that's still better than home then i understand it but is that is that helping your child because yeah. i'm in a very privileged position where i can say well the most important thing is my children's safety and well-being and the, knowing what i know mm-hmm. about the technology when they get given an iPad or a phone at two years old, at six months old, to just keep them quiet in the pram or whatever, the, the potential damage for that is is massive. And I don't understand, oh, I do understand it's a lack of education and awareness around that particular subject, which is, I think, something that comes into this thing that we have in common, uh, Paul, is the 
the trainer educator side of mm. things of imparting mm. knowledge and helping people with that but th- so you know that i do that side of things because it, it was born out of my digital businesses that i was able to take a lot of that experience mm. but there's something you know on your side of things this, this uh, that i would like to talk about which is the cr hope foundation um you do a lot in the I don't know, I'll say CSR space, but you do a lot in, obviously it's evident mm. coming from you from a giving perspective. Can you just mm. talk talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. Journey? And I think it fits in kind of completely and everywhere. Um, I just said to somebody last night, actually, it comes in waves that my top from a time perspective, but uh, quite simply, I it, the story went, I, uh, one of, there was a girl in one of my training uh, groups. It was actually Prada, Middle East. Really, really lovely girl. I got on really well with her. And um, she said, you need to meet my husband. Um, we were talking about TED Talks, I think. Long story short, I met the famous Reynolds, is his name. A uh, Greek guy. One of the most awesomely driven, uh, aware, super capable people I've ever met in my life. I don't know how he does it. Um, but so he'd gone, literally gone to Zanzibar on holiday, uh, with his brother, uh, a year, a couple of years previously, and they'd taken their trike bikes and they got into the villages and he, they stumbled across a little community, a little village called Kizimkazi. Um, and he was completely struck by how poor they clearly were in, in, in certainly in our standards. Yeah. Because it's relative. Yeah. I always say to people, it's relative. It's got to be relative. Um, but how happy they all were and how kind of enthused and energized he was when he left. And, uh, and again, uh, smack in the face for the, his very privileged life in, in Dubai. Um, so the story goes, and if you look at our website, you see the whole story, which is quite warming. He ended up connecting with a local guy who had a bit of land um, and they started building a school. So when I first met Reynolds, which was what, nearly five years ago, they literally just had the foundation down and they were going and, and Reynolds needed a, a NGO impact business plan. Right. And I'd never done that before, but Hey, again, so I don't, nothing, nothing is that difficult. Right. PJ's like, I'll give it a go. <laughs> yeah, I'll do that. I don't, where is it? It's a sensible. Yeah, I'll go there. Um, yeah, so, so literally, but, but you know, that attitude does actually make things work because mm. I, you know, I understand the concept of business. I've been involved at kind of board level. I've opened, started run. So it is just going to be something on top of that. And because we're in the information age, Google, Google it, impact business plan is there, is there. You just have to make it yours. So I got, I was going to help him with the business plan. And then I got, and that's it. We we still haven't completely finished the business plan. Um, But I am just now see our hope with with Renault. So um, I've become a director. Um, We've got the the foundations registered in Zanzibar and we've we've registered in in the USA as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've gone from 21 children starting that were fairly young to 86 kids in school in 10 classrooms mm-hmm. and volunteers and staff and teachers and a curriculum and everything. Um, but but again, it's obviously it's a passion that that I enjoyed. But my learning curve, I pretty much look after the people. Which again, I've been all around the world and I know everything about everyone. Not about Africa, you don't, uh, PJ at all. 
Um, so working with, with, with that particular culture and understanding what's going on over there um, was, was massively exciting for me. Frustrating, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, and I think from a business perspective on our kind of P&L sheets, we've got all the normal stuff and then it goes Africanisms. <laughs> Um, right. <laughs> which is which is not about corruption and bribery, PS. Right. Um, but 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 nonetheless, you kind of have to be aware of where you're trading. Yeah, we can't get anything out of the port or the docks unless we've got some money in our back pocket. Right. That's Africa. We are not going to change Africa. And by me not doing that means I can't get my kitchen that somebody kindly donated via sea. So um, it's a great great concept it's grown and we've done other things we're doing kind of woman empowerment programs we're doing bio charcoal mass bio and Reynolds has started up another foundation called united for green um and literally it's going great guns we're, we're, we're it's the most rewarding fascinating thing and pre-covid we'd built myself a little bungalow in the school grounds and i was off to live there i was going to kick off my shoes and go for it um However, COVID kind of knocked things sideways. So, yeah, it's still there. I I Mm. was there the weekend. I took a group of corporates from Dubai out there. They visited the school, they give back. And then we went up to do some team building in a hotel, which was great. But every time I leave there, my heart is dripping, aching. It is clearly there's a soul connector in Africa somewhere. Um, So, yeah, so it's going really well. Things we, we still need to... Uh, up, up our level somewhat but it probably takes it can take in one week 80% of my time right. um, uh, as of yet I'm not on the payroll per se um, that's the next level we need to get to we need to kind of uh, make it more business focused hmm. but we've got staff that we pay but I'm just not one of them yet sure um, so maybe I, I will be it's an interesting point because a lot of people, obviously, when you started talking about this, your already very high energy levels went up a notch mm. in terms of, you know, it's clear how, how much this means to you and what, what you do. But mm. I also think that it's there's a misconception out there about people that are doing things with foundations and charities and so forth. There's this whole conversation around, yeah, but surely they should be doing it out of the goodness of their heart. And I think that when it comes to these things, people have to also realise that if there isn't mm. money funding this, People, as much as none of it works, it doesn't work. How how can mm. somebody and how can somebody expect a, a CEO of a, a charitable foundation to not pay themselves for the time that they're mm. allocating to it? And as you mm. said, you know, you might be happy to put eighty percent of your time into this on a monthly basis, a weekly basis, without being paid. But then, are you from a business overall business perspective? Are you able to generate enough revenue to keep you going from the mm. other things that you're doing? And of course, not, can can that work yeah. on this? And I think this you're is really absolutely. Interesting. Yeah. And I think from a business perspective, and I've I've got this kind of somewhat labeled OCD on information and learning. So whatever I'm doing, I will research to the nth degree where I could write you a thesis on it. it is, it's quite alarming for the people around me, but it's the way I deal with it is where I need to know what's going on. And I've learned how bad NGOs can be as well and how much pain they can cause by, by dumping themselves. For example, and I'm sure if Renos were here, he'd say the same thing, the fights we had when everybody wants to open a school in Africa, put in the British curriculum. I'm like, whoa, 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 why? Why are we doing the British curriculum? The British curriculum doesn't make sense, does it? Yeah, but right, well, they go to university, I said, will they? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm always, I'm the one that goes, stop. 
And we've got the local Zanzibarian uh, curriculum because it's got Swahili, it's got local languages, local. They're going to benefit more from that at that younger age. Yeah, we're kind of KG1 uh, uh, up to, to senior high school. So the point is, but I will only do that. I won't do it based on a feeling or or... I will do it based on hardcore research. And I say that to all business people, just go find out. Mm. Don't always wait for somebody to tell you about it. Go find And I say it to people with culture, working with different cultures. If you're interested enough, Google, working with different cultures, all of a sudden, YouTube videos, TED Talks, it becomes fascinating. And I think that's one of my kind of key things I say to everybody. You know, it's an information world. Go find it. Yeah. Um, you're so right. There's so much available. You have to be wary mm, of what you're finding and, and what we won't get mm, into that now. But yeah, you balance. Yeah, no, of course. I think that what you've made evident there is that you have to go quite deep into this to get mm. all sides of this picture. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. make an informed decision, right? Rather than just going, oh, well, yeah, I found three videos. This is how you do it. <laughs> I'm going to implement yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, Maybe a bit God more. help us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I think you're right. Yeah, I have to go to the great depth to come out with one kind of answer. And, you know, so if anybody says to me, well, NGOs in Africa don't work, I can give you every single uh, white paper that's probably ever been written about it. And I go, yeah, they don't, if you do it incorrectly. Yeah. But again, Reynolds and I's favourite kind of saying, because... You know, we do work as polar opposites, which is quite good. And I can get overly passionate and overly frustrated. And Renos will say, 2% is better than no percent. And I'm like, yes, he's right. 2% is better than no percent. Um, so you've got, you've got to, it's the balance and keeping it in perspective as well. But the knowledge is just, um, you know, and then into, into kind of early education, kind of naught to six-year-olds as well. Um, I've done a lot of study on that recently, but yeah. So, so it's 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 a beautiful place to be. It's really successful. We're keeping people in employment. The village African culture. We've still got ahead of the village. They're still very tribal over there. Yeah, mm-hmm. to to keep happy on a daily basis, even. Um, so for me, it's been honestly the best learning ever. I do get frustrated. It's my something I need to work on because I'm passionate. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I go there, I don't want to come back. And that's again, me listening to my big intuitive callers. Yeah. I don't want to come back. Yeah. Um, so then there's got to be at some point where you won't. Correct. <laughs> I, have, I have a wee bungalow. Um, yeah. we're using it for volunteers to stay in at the moment, but yeah, PJ's bungalow I've got. And the first thing I did when I walked in the school, even had 40 corporates behind me is I'm like, where's my bungalow? <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I think it's, um, again, it's listening to yourself. It's got to be realistic in the fact that I am free without being tied to, to kind of children. I'm aware of, I've got elderly older uh, back in the UK. Zanzibar's not easy to get to yeah. uh, uh, quickly from the UK. But but if it's within your realms to do it, whether it's a business, whether it's a charity. Do it. Um, yeah. And, you know, like I say to people that come to the UAE, I'd say the same in Zanzibar. If for some reason it didn't work or for some reason it wasn't right, leave. Yeah. Yeah. Come back again. Exactly. It's okay. This is one of the things I've learned recently as well, is that you, this, listening to some of these, my coach and and also just things that he's put in front of me from that side of things, is that we're, we're allowed to choose and we're allowed to choose again. 
and yeah. and it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Choices continue. And on my WhatsApp message, you know, you put your little message by your name. If you look to prove I'm not fibbing, it says it's all about choices. Mm. Yeah, it's it's so true. And, and uh, this is one of the reasons, you know, we started doing this podcast is that if you're thinking about doing something yourself and, and launching that business or idea or whatever, is do it. There are ways to do it, obviously, if you're in a job yeah, and so forth. Of you course. can start it as a side hustle and do all these things. But do it. Do take some mm. action. Yeah, action. And, yeah. Uh, and and it, it, I think it's knowing your minimum risks as well. And that's why I appreciate people with families and responsibilities and stuff. But, you know, the amount of sessions I have or I'm in coaching sessions and I say to people, you know, what's the worst thing that can happen? Well, I could lose all my money. I went, okay, keep enough money aside so you are safe and you can start again. Um, because how much money are we talking? Mm. Okay, you need to be prepared to lose that money. The minute you give yourself that permission almost, whilst it sounds negative, you become much freer and, and in my opinion, much more successful. Yeah. That's the, the balance, yeah? I agree. Go and for I, it. I don't, yeah. think that, I don't think that it sounds, this is again my personal learning right now, this idea of permission is not a negative thing because it's something that we mm. as human beings, we're not very good at doing it to ourselves. We can no, give correct. our permission to do that. We can give it, you know, someone else permission to do this. And, we, yeah. and again, we do it subconsciously all the time by giving other people the permission to impact our mm. lives by being offended. And well, I, I can only be offended if I let myself be offended. If I what? don't let myself Absolutely. choose, if I choose not yeah. to be offended. Yeah. Whatever you said. And you know, my stepfather, who's been around for, for a long, long time, 30 odd years, uh, and one of my best friends, in fact, um, and he's been in psychiatry in the UK for a long time. Um, and we've all been through, you know, me and my husband split up about five years ago and it was like the world, my insides just fell out. Yeah. And because lots of adjustments, we were together 24 years, blah, blah, blah. Um, and he'd be my go, he, he's often a go-to for me when I'm just a bit, when I feel like I'm losing it, like we all do sometimes. And I remember ringing him up or messaging him actually. And he said, uh, I said, Pops, I call him. I said, Pops, I, I, I'm losing it. I can't focus i can't get my work together and he just replied not with oh my darling love is he went it's your brain that's all he said it's your brain and i remember thinking well that was nice thank you <laughs> just what i needed but on reflection and further down the line one of the most powerful things anybody ever said to me mm. and I, I understand what he was saying get a grip is your brain i know it's not simple as that and and you know i, I i'm as as human as as the next person but that stuck with me barry so much it's my brain like the permission like the choice is my brain nobody else controlling it and and you know i in my younger years of training, when you know, we'd get kind of senior director manager level people in the UK with their big mortgages and the, and they go, Yeah, but you don't understand if I don't hit my target. I said, You chose, you choose to do this. No, I don't. I've got to pay a mortgage. I said, Who chose to buy your house? Who chose this mortgage? You did somebody force it upon you? Mm. You chose them all. It's about taking accountability and accepting that it was your choice. Yeah. Yeah. You might not like okay. it. You might not like that you, but you it, chose. But you still did it. Yeah. Yeah. You can opt out at any time. Yeah. You chose. You chose to have children. Maybe not always. That's a bit of a contentious topic. But you know, my point is, and it's okay. Whatever you choose to do, be accountable for it. And and again, part of that whole process for me was 
when I woke up one day and thought, I'm actually partly responsible for the split up of my me, me and my husband. It, it something just goes. Actually, that was partly me. I'm responsible for that. Um, if I went back, would I do things differently? Probably not. Mm. Therefore, this was supposed to be somehow. Yeah. 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 Is is yeah. is that thinking? It is, but I think that it it takes a certain kind of person at a certain level of of um, mm, definitely op- openness and awareness, self awareness in particular, mm. because obviously the, the breakdown of a, of anything is 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 a, mm. a hard emotional thing to mm. go through, and to be able to say almost take the emotion out of it, which again is so easy to say that it's impossible to do it in the moment. Yeah. We are human beings at the end of the day, we have emotions. But mm. if we're able to kind of understand what's happening and, and take that point of view, as you said, it can be very freeing. And, yeah. and, and but I think that we don't do that. We don't take accountability for our actions. And, and it's easy to point the finger and say, it's you. It yeah. Was yeah, yeah, yeah. And wallow in it somewhat as well. And again, I'm not dismissing, um, as I said, I've experienced it literally the heartache of being on all fours, screaming like a fox that just lost its baby. Yeah, I'd seen people go through it, but for, I used to think, "What oh, is their problem?" Um, but I think it's about whatever happens to you, whether it's life, business, emotional. It's about knowing, trusting the universe, if you like. It's a bit of a big word that it's going to be okay. Is I've got posters all around my house. It's going to be okay. You're going to be okay. It will. Yeah. It will be okay. Um, and as long as you've got faith in your, enough trust in yourself and the universe, it will be okay. And who knows? Who knows when, but it will be. Yeah. Yeah. This is one of my favorite ones that I'm, I'm sort of putting into practice more is that this, this thing is uh, this too shall pass. Uh, yeah, that's my favourite. It's a COVID one. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> yeah, this too shall. I don't know when, but it I, will. I hope it mm. does. Yeah, but no, mm. it is. It's it's very interesting that the the yeah. uh, you know the temporary nature of the things that we go through, even if it's ten years that we're going through it, that's still mm. a temporary blip in hopefully a long ninety hundred yeah. life cycle. That absolutely. It, but it's it's not easy to see that when you're in the middle of it, of course. But no, so, of course. And it, and sorry, it's just quickly reiterating it is the fact that I often ask the question. I'm one of these people that ask the most deep and meaningful questions, usually just before bedtime, which is disastrous. <laughs> it's like, what? It, it's my brain, right? It's my physical brain. And I've said it to many therapists and friends and mentors. I'm like, who's controlling it then? Why does it, why does it give me thoughts I don't particularly want or it, when it's my brain? So, yeah, I've got quite deeply into some of that recently. Um, but I don't want to become robotically mind-controlled either. You know, you have to kind of roll with your feelings a little bit. Um, but, yes, yeah, fascinating. I think humans are fascinating. It is. It's a fascinating topic that we could get into mm. on that yeah, side of for too long. So yeah. But on, on this one, there's something, and I mean, the first thing, the answer to this question, I already have an answer from you, I think, in terms of what, what we always like to ask our, our guests towards the end of our episodes is about what keeps PJ on track in terms of resources and so forth because you obviously have a lot going on. You're a successful business person. You're doing what you love doing, uh, and again, this is why I really wanted to talk to you because there's lots of people out there that are looking and going, "I want that. I want. I I want to do something that I mm. love doing, and if I can find a way to deliver value, then money is uh, you know a, a secondary option secondary. that allows me to, yeah. to do this. This is awesome, but." From a from a and again it can be business related or personal related. Is there resources and books, 
podcasts and mentors, the, the first answer is get yourself a pops, obviously. What, equivalent is yeah, is get a pops. Good, pops to, are good to just yeah. give you that. Then. But then, if you don't have uh, a pops available to you, is, is there something that you rely on or that you'd recommend people mm. Mm. E- explore on, on this sort of entrepreneurial journey? Yeah, for, for you. And I think it. Yeah, first of all, my business brain, which is regardless of how nice I might perceive myself to be, when I wonder how much I could charge out pops for. <laughs> I just I do it all of the time. I'm like, I wonder if I could yeah, charge him. Anyway, yeah, rate sorry. Them, yeah, no. Like pops, what you don't know is, um, yeah. So sorry, um, but yeah. Uh, do you know? I can honestly say there's not one specific hmm. thing apart from what I want to answer instinctively and intuitively is all of it. I think be a absolute sponge like. Have a quest to understand. Have a quest to learn read watch you know on a, on an evening we all like to kind of relax and kick back shut netflix off get on youtube get on ted talks i am constantly looking at documentaries or if somebody says something to me that i don't quite fully understand that will be it for that evening um and i think sorry it's, it is a generic answer whilst i do love reading and i love people like malcolm gladwell mm-hmm. yeah. um he's one of my uh and what I love to do with Michael uh, Malcolm Gladwell's books is I read them and then I make a course about them, the book. Um, again, there's my business brain overriding what I'm enjoying reading. Um, but I think in that quest for learning and knowledge and research, I literally will wake up at four in the morning, I did today, and I will write a training course right. because I thought about something. So I think... That, yes, that is inherently my brain. But what I would say to all business people is, you know, have faith, know what you're doing and why you're doing it. You know, I I get lots of calls for business coaching, business planning, new businesses. And I say, you know, what what are you doing? I can tell you in two seconds flat. I'm like, you're just in Dubai. You're a bit bored and you want to open a business. If you don't have a connectivity in some way, it doesn't have to be deep and spiritual, yeah? Mm -hmm then it probably won't work yeah. is what I want to say. Mm-hmm. So I think it's about be interested. If you can't make yourself be interested, have a good think about what you're doing, because if you are interested and you have got a quest for learning, your life will become massively better. Mm-hmm. Um, and and no, when we talk about finances and monetary secondary, I'm not, uh, I'm not so far away from the idea that I do. I'm not, my ego is not so big. I don't need money. Goodness me. Um, don't we all sometimes, but no, my, my, mine is clarity. No, what, what is, I know what my minimum monthly money is. I know when I can see monetary danger coming a mile off. Mm-hmm. Um, but just because I'm money, money is my secondary driver. Doesn't mean I'm not in complete control and I know what's going on. So, but it's okay if I don't, eat that brand of food, this organic food this month, then it's okay. I can still eat other food. I'll go back onto it next month. So be interested is the biggest thing I can say. And that involves everything. Ted talk. I love Ted talks and I love papers. I love reading up on stuff, research. And I love, again, I will be Mrs. Podcast searcher and and I will search and find people like you. Mm. And I listen you know, put, put, put the TV off, 
Listen, yeah. when you walk in, put your headphones in, listen. That yeah. to me is, 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 is key to success. Yeah. That's my, my personal view. I think that's brilliant. And it is in line with what I do, the podcasting, listening. When I go, mm. I get up at five o'clock and I go out on a walk around where we are and then get hit, hit the gym afterwards. But that walk is my time and I've got my mm. headphones on and I'm listening to people that have done it and are yeah. doing it. And, and, mm. and also then and personal stuff as well, personal development things and, and tapping mm. into, you know, yeah, I do that and why do I? But it's all learning. And I think that the point that you've, you've made there very, very well is that we, we need to continue to learn about ourselves and our business in order to be successful. And if we do spend mm. time on that, we will be successful. And the mm. other thing that I've taken from this, as we've discussed before, is that be kind. Be kind to mm. your business. Be kind to yourself. Yeah. Be kind to yeah. your business, your people. And your cats. And your cats. Be kind to everybody. Um, and, mm. and it will change. Mm. Um, it, it does change because this is something, again, I'm – you, you know, said at the beginning, you can prove it to people how this is working. I'm also now encountering more and more situations where I, I can prove it too, that, that by just changing that outlook and that mindset, mm. things happen, doors open that were previously, not that they were closed, you just didn't even know they were there. Yeah, and, and I, I agree. And connections you make with people as well, that you you start to get more aligned and more, it's like, where did Barry Lee Cummings come from who walked into that business group? And everybody's going, oh, Barry's lovely. Substance, Barry's got substance. I like Barry. Because of your attitude, your outwardly kind of um, easy to connect with nature, you don't have any ego. Ego is another, another podcast. But <laughs> yeah, of course it is. Of course it is. But you don't instantly feel it or see it. And I think that's because you're overriding it with thinking of somebody else before yourself. Hmm. Um, but yeah, and, and you know, hey, because we maybe were both kind, we spoke to each other. <laughs> that's exactly. what I say. Whoop. Absolutely. Awesome. Absolutely. And it's so, mm. so, so important. And I've really enjoyed this, Paul. Uh, thank you so mm. much for taking the time. No, oh, thank to, you. To come on. Uh, I've really enjoyed it. And uh, to everybody else that's listening, thank you for tuning in. As always, if there's anybody else that you'd like us to speak with, uh, drop us a line at wishlist at swingalese.rocks. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Swanglinese with your hosts, Barry Lee Cummings and Oscar Endermo. We'll catch you next time.